Welcome to the Building an Unstoppable Organization podcast, where we help you solve internal issues related to leadership, teamwork, and culture so that your company's productivity and engagement can soar. I'm your host, Tom Clay, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Schubert. Hi, Mike. Hey, Tom. Great to be on the call with you today. Likewise. Mike, I was talking to a friend of mine recently who, he's a leader in a company, and he was saying that about six months ago, he hired a new direct report to lead one of the teams. And this, this direct report was an external hire, uh, and my friend, the leader, uh, had thought that this guy was going to kind of save the day and solve all sorts of problems that they had had on that team for a long time. But then uh, after a few months, he started to realize this is not really going the way I thought it was going to go. And, and at first he thought, well, it's just because he's not up to speed yet. There's a learning curve. Surely it'll all kick into gear soon. Uh, but then it, that, it, he just, this guy just didn't end up being able to deliver uh, the way my friend thought he was going to. Um, and this happens a lot. So that's the, the issue that we want to tackle today is what do you do with people who were not ready for the new role that has been given to them? Have you seen things like this in, in the work that you've done, either with your companies or other uh, clients that you've worked with? Yeah, Tom, I think it's clear that this is an issue, not just with my clients, but it's also an issue that I face personally. Um, and as I've had time over the years to reflect on what works and what doesn't work, um, you know, I've, I've learned a few things. And a lot of times it, it starts with me. Uh, just in the process of, of hiring, uh, recruiting, um, figuring out if they're the right fit. Uh, we don't have time to go through everything, but, but one thing that I, I want to bring up is this idea around um, creating psychological contracts. And it's something I learned a long time ago because I'm a guy who loves to influence others. And if I'm recruiting someone, I'm, I'm selling the position to them. And sometimes I gotta be careful because I can overpromise. Um, and, and what happens is it creates a psychological contract where maybe I'm like, well, if, you, if we do this, then you're gonna receive that uh, sort of agreement. And, they, and it's never been written down in the actual contract, but they take it as word and they should, and they trust me, but it comes into um, difficulties because they may not, there may not have been true agreement or true understanding. So that's pretty common. And I've learned to um, temper those, those uh, agreements or psychological contracts. But the thing I've learned, and this is more to the point is I also have to be careful that I'm not creating psychological contracts with myself. Meaning as I am hiring someone that I'm not putting too much faith or trust or expectations in them, even before they've, they've joined the, the team. And so sometimes I find that I'm like, oh, yeah, the, this guy's going to lighten my load. He's going to um, save the day, as you mentioned. And I set up expectations that in reality aren't even fair for this new person. So I have to be very careful and make sure that I'm not creating what I call psychological contracts with myself mm. or putting false expectations on the person. So that's like step number yeah. one, because sometimes we, we just, uh, no one would be able to come in and do what we're, 
expecting them to do. Hmm. So it sounds like being being meant being mentally cautious, both on their behalf and even with yourself, in terms of what are the actual what what are the right expectations to have going into this situation that even 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 there you could kind of set yourself up for uh for failure or for missed expectations um that's really interesting what what do you think uh why is this an important topic to begin with i mean what what's at stake with getting this kind of thing wrong well um beyond just the internal frustration and, and uh, feeling like you're not moving anywhere. Of course, there's the organizational realities um, of their impact on the team, impact on the organization's performance. Um, how do you unwind something if it's not working out? So all of those things take a lot of energy and yeah. no one wants to get it wrong. So I think, you know, you have the, the hiring process, but then the second thing that a lot of people um, don't really put a lot of time into is the on-ramping and not just the on-ramping of did the person go through the, the organizational vision, mission, and, and HR policies, but truly setting out what's the next 100 days going to look like and make sure they have the support needed so that they succeed even though you're hoping they can hit the ground running. Um, I like to think you want to um, hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Those first 100 days, you want to prepare as if they need a lot of help um, during those first 100 days, especially if there's someone coming into a, a situation where it's not their, their home culture, their home country, and they're coming into a multinational team there's going to be a lot more support needed in those first 100, 120 days than mm. probably most people realize. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that's really interesting that I'm hearing you emphasize the importance of, of the start of someone's role. Before we go further on some of the practical aspects here, um, I want to hear more about how do people get into this situation to begin with. So you mentioned the uh, the danger of the psychological contracts, either with them or yourself. What are other reasons or ways that people, that leaders of companies will find themselves in a situation where they've hired someone uh, for a role and, and then realizing that they just maybe weren't really ready or they're not able to deliver at that level? What else contributes to getting there? Yeah, I think some of the hardest transitions are the ones where people are filling a role where I used to play that role. Um, and this is one where it's more about me than them, uh, typically, because I have a certain way that I did things. You know, the team was used to working with me. And so I have to be very careful, number one, that I'm supporting this person that's in this new role and I'm not allowing people to just come to me and either complain or, um, you know, uh, try to try to get support from me without going through the new leader. So that's number one. Number two, I think I typically have to look at, am I, am I frustrated or am I questioning the how the person is doing it 
or the what, because it's really important. If it's the how, like a lot of times they're going to do it differently than you. And you need to be okay with that. Uh, but I find sometimes I like people to do things the way I do it. Right. So I have to, you know, ask those questions to myself, where's the rub? Is it because they're, they're doing a different process or because what they're accomplishing or what they're striving for is out of line. Um, and then the third area, which is, I think the most critical is if you're seeing things where they're not a cultural fit, that's where you really need to engage a little deeper. Um, if you're, if you're seeing some struggle on the organizational culture side. Mm, yeah, no, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, do, do you think that uh, there's much difference when it, uh, as it relates to this problem, hiring externally versus moving people internally? How do you think that plays in? Yeah, there'll be less um, typically. So, so I'll pause you yeah. for a second. I guess one of the things that I see is, is kind of this idea of a quick fix. Uh, you know, we've, we've, had the, we've had these issues for so long and no one seems to be able to solve it or get the team up to performance. And so the kind of quick fix mentality is, is finding that ideal candidate externally and, and bringing them in. But then that sometimes doesn't work out so well. So, so yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on how to think internal versus external. Yeah, so I think um, culturally, it's going to be less disruptive if you're able to hire internally. But if you're looking for um, some significant change or a, um, a significant shift in the speed at which things are, um, you know, ramping up or whatever, it's usually hard to do that internally because people are used to the way things have been. Uh, but culturally, it's good. If, if things are kind of going the way you want and you just kind of want a progressive improvement, hiring internally but if you, is a good way. But if you want a, a more uh, a shift in direction or you need to, like I say, really step on the gas um, and see some significant improvement, usually external hires can bring that level of expertise or different types of thinking. But at the same time, you're going to have more disruption, typically culturally, and everyone's going to need more time to just get used to one another. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And you mentioned earlier some thoughts on having clarity on, on the values and the culture. Uh, how does how do you do that when you're bringing in someone externally? How do you make sure that there's alignment on the values of the company? Yeah, what what we like to do um, with the companies that I'm uh, running is, you know, there's a lot of interviews. Um, so there's a lot of interviews with a lot of the stakeholders, with the team members that they're going to be working with. Uh, but then we like to bring them in for, you know, let's say a site visit, you know, where they come and they meet everyone and they and they walk um, the grounds. This is typically for more senior level, but we find um, we can be sold on someone uh, in the interview process. But when they come 
and you spend a day with them, um, either walking, you know, the, the site or working through issues together, that's where we find if they truly have a cultural fit with us or not. Hmm. That's really good. So that would be interesting for different companies to think about what would that look like for them to get someone, as you said, on the grounds or on site. Uh, are there any activities or things that you do other than a, a tour uh, to kind of begin to gauge how, you know, whether there's that cultural fit? Yeah, a lot of times, uh, one of the best things is having them spend time when I'm not in the room or, or another senior leader's not in the room and having the team um, give their impression because um, they'll tell us right away whether this person fits or not uh, with our culture um, and whether they're excited to work with them or not. And just because someone says, oh, you know, he's going to be, you know, a driver doesn't mean that they're not a cultural fit. Um, it just means that people are aware that, wow, he's going to really, you know, have a high standard. But we've seen both where someone has a high standard and they're excited to work with them. And then at the same point, someone comes in high standard, but they feel that they're not going to be a, a good fit culturally. And that's partly because we take culture so, um, so strongly in our companies. Mm. Mm. That's a really good point. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, and getting the input from the other people in the company, you, that's, it, that also reflects on the culture that you have, that they feel the freedom to say those kinds of things to you. So that, that's really good. Um, so when we talk about uh, hopefully not, even getting to this situation to begin with, uh, and we talk about what to think about when hiring externally. If we think about internally, what does this problem potentially say about the leadership pipeline within a company or lack thereof? Yeah, meaning... Um, so if someone ends up to assuming a new role, taking a new role internally, and and only then it kind of comes as a surprise that they're not able to do it very well. Um, what what kind of questions or comments would you have around a company's internal um, leadership pipeline or development plans? Like, mm -hmm. how is it that they're growing from within in order to fill these spots if if it doesn't seem to be working well? Yeah, that's a, a great question, and I think. Um, a lot of companies, they approach this as they wait until there's a vacancy or they know, okay, this person is moving on. Then they look down and they say, who's the best person to fill mm -hmm. it? Um, and there's a lot of guessing in here because sometimes they're picking someone that has great technical ability, but they've never proven themselves in terms of managing people, leading people. Um, and that person hasn't had the opportunity to even grow into that, but you, you do end up promoting them. And then there's a lot of struggle because all of a sudden they're leading the people they were just peers with. Um, so what we have done in the last probably two, three years is we've shifted a lot of our, our developmental, um, you know, and leadership pipeline in the sense that 
while you're in the roles, um, we say you're going to get 10% of your development in, let's say, formal training. And then you're going to get about 20% through coaching, mentoring, things like that. And then 70% of your development is going to be on what we call specific uh, on-the-job challenges in the roles that you are. But it may not be your normal job description, but we're going to say for the purpose of your development, we're going to give you this challenge. And it's very specific that this is a developmental challenge, meaning there's a lot of room to fail because we're going to learn through it. But during these developmental challenges, we're seeing, can they lead a group of peers in this project? Uh You're evaluating. So when we're ready to promote internally, we have a whole host of examples of who succeeded or who didn't succeed in these challenges that we gave them. Um, And we found that that has been much more successful because the other point is everyone else has seen these things and they're like, oh yeah, that guy or, or lady was great when we were working on this project together. But we're very specific that this is above and beyond their normal job and they know it's for their development. So I think that's a key shift where before people might give them things, but they're not framed in the context of their development and their future leadership or management. That's a great idea. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So then they're thinking in terms of this is, this is a kind of a one-off it's above and beyond. I can, there's room to fail. I'm learning through this. Uh, but you're, you and other people are also beginning to collect insight into where does it make sense uh, in terms of future positions for them. It might mean that, okay, we see clearly that this one wouldn't be a good fit, but then maybe in their next developmental project, you realize that something else would have been, uh, it sounds like. So uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good idea. I like yeah, that. and I, I can give, Tom, just a quick story of, of just this past week, um, working with one leader, and he's in a developmental process right now, very, very intentional. And there's, uh, there was an issue that came up where he needed some resources, but another more senior leader had, let's say, those resources. So at first he came and talked to me about, could I broker this, you know, let's say deal and in one sense, yeah, I have the authority to be able to go to this other senior leader and say, hey, we need these resources to support this project. Um, but I said, hey, let's look at this as a developmental challenge, because if you're going to rise up into this new role, you're going to have to broker these sorts of uh, you know, conversations and not rely on me. And so he said, OK, you know, and he took it upon himself. And he did, and he did a great job, and he had to learn how to do it with respect uh, culturally because this other person was senior. Um, he was um, he was also uh, from a different cultural background, so he had to learn how to navigate all those issues. But they were able to come to an agreement and, and to move forward. So that's an, another example of how um, we can use every day and put frame it in developmental. Um, words and, and uh, progress. Great. 
That's great. It's a, it's a good example of using something uh, kind of with a dual, dual purpose as well. And you really make the most of, of the effort and time. So, okay. So we've been talking about um, ways to think about this uh, in a sense so that you don't end up in the situation where this is the problem. But let's say that, that someone is in this situation that, that uh, as a man, let's say that the, the leader of the company finds that uh, the person they've moved into this role, uh, they're not able to deliver. Uh, what, what should they do at this point? Because in some sense, it feels like, well, we've kind of crossed the Rubicon. We can't like unhire them or you could fire them, I guess. But uh, how should a leader think about this when someone isn't performing? Yeah, it's a great question because I find that what happens a lot, and even with myself, is when you have problems, a lot of times you don't want to deal with them. So you, one tendency is just to withdraw, and you're hoping that by withdrawing, um, the person will eventually do something so bad that you're going to have to fire them anyway. Uh, but when you're in that middle ground where they haven't done anything let's say to get rid of, but they're still not performing. They're a drag versus a lift to the company. Mm. That's, that's where you as the leader really have to step up and, and do your job as a leader and have those, what we call difficult conversations and to realign on expectations, to sit down, um, to talk about performance, but also to be open to understand maybe they haven't gotten the support they were expecting from you. You know, so having that difficult conversation and being humble uh, when you approach them to also be a learner in there, uh, I think is, is key. But then from there, um, you're going to kind of create a, an agreement on, okay, for the next, you know, three, four months, here's some clear developmental objectives, goals that we're going to work with you on and, um, and then set those, let's say, expectations. If they don't meet those, what does that mean uh, for their career, for the company and, and things like that? Yeah. So yeah. What, what, you've been asking me a lot of questions, Tom, but let me throw it back on you. Um, how would you, uh, you know, counsel, guide, coach, one of your um, leaders that is going through something like this? Good question. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, I, so I've, I've been talking to a guy, very senior in his company. Um, and what has come out of our sessions um, is he's really good at telling someone where they're at in their performance, where they are. Do they measure up? Do they not? How, how far do they have to go? Are they going to make it? Are they not? You can count on him to be forthcoming with that. Um, but then we explored this other aspect, which is affirming a person in who they are. Uh, and not only just in who they are, but who they can be. So it's not performance linked, um, uh, although it will interact with performance, but it's not a comment on, on their performance per se. So basically it, uh, it's this idea of having both and a, a leader needs to both affirm who the person is and, and, and uh, kind of calling out from them all that they can be while at the same time being very honest and forthcoming on where they are. 
So practically speaking, in one of these situations, what I would see potentially playing out is uh, it could be that it's just not the right fit, you know, and so who they are is, is not really jiving with this current role. And so you might be able to explore other options, or it could be that this, this is the right fit according to their gifts and abilities, but there's something that's causing um, the performance to not measure up. And so then coming at approaching it with a, with a developmental mindset of how can we help change that could be a character thing, could be a, a hard skill thing, whatever it is. Uh, but to make sure that the leader has both of those aspects in mind, um, I think is important. Yeah, I, I like that. I see um, how it can also work with, let's say, just the the normal performance conversation of here's where where you're you know at right now. Here's what I want you to be able to perform at. But at the same time, or parallel track, like you're talking, you're affirming who they are, but you're also I love that calling out uh, what they are what you see them becoming. Mm-hmm. I had a, a leader in our company that was sharing um, and he did this same kind of uh, affirmation and calling out. He actually drew a picture, you know, a stick figure or a p- picture of the person and said, these are the strengths that I, I see within you. And he, and he listed them out. Um, and he said, this is, how I see you you becoming a leader in this company. And he began to describe what that would look like, the influence they would have. And he was, this person was not yet doing it, but he was saying, I believe in you. Mm. And I think that is so powerful, especially if you're challenging someone to improve, to say, I believe you can do it. Now it's still up to the person to believe they can do it and to do it, right? They got to still make it happen with your support, but to know that the leader believes and they, they've seen them, they understand their strengths and they want to, they want to see this person become the best version of themselves in the, in the company is, is very powerful. That's a great, great example. That's really cool. Yeah. I I like that, Mike. And And I like how this is once again, turned from what seems like maybe a practical a uh, problem that you just need to put best practices in place. Uh, it, it, all these things often do connect to deeper themes uh, and connects to this idea that as, as leaders, we can really make a big difference in people's lives. Well, thanks again for listening to the Building an Unstoppable Organization podcast, where we help you solve internal issues related to leadership, teamwork, and culture so that your company's productivity and engagement can soar.